Matthew chapter 1, if you have your Bibles. It is Christmas time, of course, and so it always stirs me again to read the Christmas stories and such, and just stirred again by the word Emmanuel, which means God is our God with us. A lady took her teenage daughter to the doctor. The daughter was swelling in the stomach and was getting sick in the morning. The doctor looked at her and said, she's pregnant. And the mother objected, said, my daughter can't be pregnant. She hasn't been with a man. I know that she can't be pregnant. That's impossible. So the doctor got up from his desk and he went over to the window and he was staring out the window. And this went on for a period of time. And finally, the mother said, what are you doing, doctor? He said, well, the last time this happened, a huge star appeared in the east and three wise men came and showed up. And I'm thinking they might be here again soon, so I don't want to miss it. The virgin birth of Jesus Christ separates him from any other person. And that is a very important part of Emmanuel. And I want to think with you, a God with us, and especially consider that Jesus was born of a virgin. Matthew 21, uh, Matthew 1, verse 23 It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. This prophecy that is spoken of here that Matthew refers to, and I must say, I have really thought about Matthew, especially with the, with the show, The Chosen, that had come out. And I began to think how he was a tax collector and how he uh, had betrayed the Jewish people, but yet he's the gospel that refers to 99 Old Testament prophecies about Jesus Christ. And this is one of the first that he mentions from Isaiah 7, verse 14 All right, then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, a virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Jesus is different. Jesus is not just a prophet or a teacher. He was a prophet. He was a teacher, but he is more than that. And it began with his birth. Now, the virgin birth is very important. It's a fundamental Christian doctrine. And most of us understand this. But this has been so challenged through the years and twisted and brought out in different ways that has made it seem like we just ignore it. But it's so important and critical to who Jesus is and why he could do what he could do. Jesus was born of a, bird, of a virgin 
And that's powerful. This makes Jesus very different. It makes God his father. All of us had earthly fathers and earthly mothers and such. And you picked up traits from them. The nature versus nurture, I don't, you know, that's an endless argument. I'm not even going to dream of trying to figure that out. But Jesus makes his claim, I am the Son of God. Jesus is baptized in Mark chapter 1. And a voice comes from heaven and says, you are my dearly loved Son. And you bring me great joy. Here the Father is speaking and he speaks to Jesus. Now, we would say we are children of God. If you're born again, you have been adopted into the family of God. You are a daughter or a son of God. But you were adopted. Jesus is the only one that was born of the Father. This is critical in the understanding that his DNA was different. That it's different than you and I. He had a nature. Because Christianity at its fundamental foundation is not founded on the teachings of Jesus. It's founded on the person of Jesus. Who Jesus is. Not just do unto others as you want them to do unto you and some other good teachings he had. But it's founded on the purpose and the person of Jesus. Who he is and what he did. That's the foundation of Christianity. John 8, 23. You are from, Jesus continued, you are from below. I am from above. You belong to this world. I do not. I'm different Jesus was very different. It is known that, uh, as one person said, you will learn about uh, without the virgin birth, the miracles of Jesus would be useless, the cross would not matter, and the resurrection would not be possible. Historically, the virgin birth was an essential Christian doctrine. The amending version of of a creed that was made in 381 said, for us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven by the Holy Spirit, was in, uh, in, uh, became a man of the Virgin Mary, and was born. Now, Mary gets a little twisted here, and I'll just touch on this. I grew up Catholic. And one of the things is they, Mary was special. Well, in one way she was. She got to be with Jesus for a long time of his life. More intimate than anyone else. There's just something about mom. I get that. As one man said, I taught my son how to play football. I'd take him out. I'd throw the ball to him. I'd, you know, make him run into the tree. I'd get him to, you know, chase the ball. I'd kick it and throw it and he'd, you know, go. And he, the second he gets on camera, what does he do? Hi, mom. Right? There's something about that you can't take away. But on the other side of it, she did not remain a virgin. She went on to have at least six kids. Four sons are mentioned. 
The plural of daughters is mentioned. So there's at least seven children out, you know, that came out of her. They were not all miraculously conceived. But this also means that Jesus was born without original sin. We have, we sin, part of what we sin is what we do. Part of why we sin is because it's who we are. You don't have to teach a child to sin and to be bad. They're, they're, they be bad on their own. So, you know, I, I hate to warn some of the parents here, but you're going to come into the place where, you know, that cute little child that's in the nursery, he's going to discover he's got a will of his own or she. And they become terrorists then. Right? The, uh, some people call it the terrible twos, and you can work through that, and not all of it's horrible. But the reality is, is that they go from this sweet, little, submissive, in, to fighting you over things. Because it's in us. But Jesus' DNA was different. He had DNA from the Father. It is established fact that the mother's blood neither is the source or supply of the unborn infant in the womb. The contribution, it comes solely from the male, which leads to the development of the blood. Without that vital contribution, no blood uh, could be produced or Uh, None comes from the female herself. This is why Jesus' blood was different. Why Jesus' DNA is different. There is no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. But my blood and your blood still won't pay for your sins. Only the blood of Jesus Christ. See, the virgin birth is so critical in salvation because it's not just simply about being a better person or adhering to doctrines or coming to a church or even doing some spiritual things like giving or praying. It has to do with a surrender to who Jesus is. Hebrews 4, verse 15, this high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all the same things as we do, yet he did not sin. And it is not simply because Jesus had better willpower than you, which I'm sure he did. But it's because it's his nature. The prophecy is Emmanuel. God is with us, or God with us. I looked it up, just for those of you who are curious, because I was curious, maybe you're not curious. But sometimes Emmanuel is spelt with an E, and sometimes it's spelt with an I. And so I wanted to look this up, because I wanted to make sure I was spelling it right, because you know what? I'm not the best spieler in the world. Because spielers of the world need to untie. Some of you will get that later if you write it down. But anyway. He came with a purpose. And that was God coming to earth. 
You will never be good enough to get to God. That's impossible. That's what religion teaches. All sorts of religion teach. If you just reach a level of spirituality, say enough prayers, do enough things, give enough uh, of your time, your money, your body, or whatever. Uh, you know, uh, uh, as Paul writes, he says, if I give my body to be burned and don't have love, what a profit, right? But people will do this in the religious sense. The Philippines, people will actually crucify themselves for three hours, six hours. They won't die. They often don't use nails, but they do do that to try to prove their worthiness to God. This can be a Catholic holdover, or it can simply be something in people's hearts that they're always trying to prove their worthiness to God. God, I'm worthy, so you can help me, I'm worthy. And yet God came to us, not us, to God. You're not saved because you made yourself worthy. You're saved because Jesus came to you. John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the word, uh, in the beginning the word already existed. And the word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. Verse 14 of John 1 says, So the word became human and made his home among us. And he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of The Father's one and only Son. Jesus was perfect. Jesus came to us. Us in our sin. You weren't worthy for Jesus to come to you. But Jesus came to you anyway. That's why he has to be Lord. Savior. Because that's what he is. That's who he is. Because he was born of a virgin, he's very different than you and I. It's not just another guy. It's not just J.C. and the boys. It's our Lord and Savior. John five sixteen through 18. So the Jewish leaders began harass, harassing Jesus For breaking the Sabbath rules. And Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried harder to find a way to kill him. For not only had he broken the Sabbath, but he had called God his father, therefore making himself equal with God. Jesus Christ is God. That's why when we preach the gospel, when you witness, don't just talk about God, 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 God. It's Jesus. Why is that different? One is it's his blood who was shed for us. Two is it identifies who, he's, who you are speaking of. He's not just a prophet. He's not calling himself a prophet. He's calling himself God. Equal to the Father. Colossians 1, 15 through 17. 
Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made everything that we can see and things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else. He holds all creation together. Now, Paul is not just writing that because that will someday make a great Hillsong lyric. He's writing that because it's a fundamental foundation of Christianity. God with us. Jesus has unique powers because of who he is. All power and authority is given to me on heaven and in and on earth is Matthew 28:18 Jesus has all power he is lord he's not just limited like you and I are there'll be people who think they have power and they may have a bit of power for a short period of time but then death catches up to all of us and they lose it People come and gone. I actually uh, I was saw an old rock and roll video recent. Just actually, it was just yesterday, and uh, it was uh, you know it's uh, about uh, different events in the world that were going on in 1970s, and it had pictures of Khrushchev and Ford and and Carter and. Mao St. Tong and, and just other world leaders who most of them aren't even around anymore. None of them have power anymore. It's a fleeting moment. But Jesus has power on the earth. He can intervene in our lives. And often does. Every mother will experience the almost moment especially when their toddler is trying to walk. And that almost moment is they missed the corner of the table by like an amazing hair breath. And you go, it must be angels, you know, because you're like, how else did that work? Well, I get that. And sometimes it's just simple geometry and sometimes it does seem like it's, it's divine intervention. I get that. But I wonder in our lives, How many times God has intervened that we have no idea about? That we made a decision. That we don't even know how far and impactful that was down the road. Philippians tells us 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God has elevated him to the place of highest honor. And gave him a name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God with us.
one of the mysteries of why God came to be with us is, of course, he was going to pay for our sins. The angel had said this in just the verse or two before this to Joseph. But God with us. That first is one is, it's simply called, Paul writes about it, and he calls it the mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16, without question, the great mystery of our faith, Christ revealed in a human body and vindicated in the spirit. He was seen of angels, announced to the nations, believed in through the world and taken up to heaven in glory. The mystery of godliness, the mystery of our faith, as it says, is very fascinating little doctrinal understanding that boils down to this. God became a man so that men and women could live godly lives. God became a man so you and I can be different and have power over sin habits, that we can take on more and more of the character of Christ, which is what God has purposed for every one of us, more and more to be like Jesus. Without Jesus coming, we're lost in our sins. There's no hope. You can't not fix that. You're guilty, and you deserve death, and hell. With Jesus, heaven is open to us. Because God looked and said, man will never get to me, so I've got to go to him. And as we celebrate Christmas, whether Jesus was born in December or not, who cares? The point of Christmas is that God became a man for you and I. I was reading different illustrations and different things as I do for sermons. And it was mocking the United States a little bit, one of them. 2017, 2018, the number one Christmas song was All I Want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey, which does not mention Jesus at all. The reason it was mocking is because that social Europe actually had Oh Holy Night and Silent Night as the number one Christmas songs in their nations. We've become very, very secularized. And unfortunately, to some degree, so is the church. We all looked forward to Black Friday. Don't raise your hand, but did you spend money on Black Friday? But Christmas is about access to heaven. We've got access to heaven. 
Romans 5, 1 and 2, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, by faith we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege. Where, where we now stand, we are confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing in God's glory. Ephesians 3, verse 12, because Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. It's in God's presence that we can be helped, healed, that God can meet with us. That we have that opportunity because God is here. We know that even now Jesus is here. That, excuse me, in the book of Revelation, it talks about Jesus walking through the midst of the seven churches. That Jesus shows up to church. Thank God. I know I've shared it before, but that became very real to myself and my wife on our second service in our Pioneer Church. We were pioneering in Falmouth. We had visitors in the morning. We had had movies Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We had had people pray. We had people show up in the morning. Sunday night, it was just me and her. And Jesus showed up. And we're do, we're at, we're she's playing the piano. I'm playing the guitar, the bass, I can't remember which. We're doing song service. There's nobody else in this building, and we're weeping. The presence and the tangible presence of God was so thick for just the two of us. God is with us. We don't have to reach some elite spiritual place. Now you need to pray, give, fast, witness. Yes, indeed. But we have that access. You don't have to earn it. If you're going through problems, come boldly to the throne of grace. God is not afraid because you have a problem. He's not perplexed because you have a need. We get perplexed and complicated because we have problems. But God says, come to me. He's made a way. He came to earth. He knows you. Emmanuel, God is with us. We didn't earn that. God gave it to us. And it also brings out a bit of a responsibility and a privilege that we need to take the gospel to others. Acts chapter 4, 11 and 12, for Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven which, by which we must be saved. There's no other name. It is simply and only the name of Jesus Christ. 
that we must be saved. And we can bring that to others. That in the Christmas season, I refuse. It's a personal thing. You can weigh this out yourself. Happy holidays? No. I don't care if I know they're Jewish. Merry Christmas. If I know they're Jewish, I might throw in. I was your Hanukkah, but you know. Merry Christmas. This happy holiday stuff. I'm not into it. Because we're about celebrating God came to earth. God came to earth. And our message needs to be about Christ. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Now we have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. He goes on to say, so we do not preach ourselves. We preach about Jesus Christ and we, his servants. I close with the old skit, the old drama that used to be done. I actually taught this to the Lithuanians, and they probably did it, I don't know, six or seven times over the years I was there. A spaceship crashes, and an alien gets out, begins to talk to people. And they're like, wow, you're a visitor to Earth. Wow, am, am I the first visitor? That, well, we're the first you know about, Area 51 maybe, but who knows. And, you know, and they say maybe, but, you know, we know you are. Really? They might make a joke or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was Lou. He was a horrible pilot. He crashed, and yeah, it's just horrible. Do you have any other great visitors visit your planet? Anyone? You had Jesus Christ come? God came to your planet? That's amazing. Wow, that's incredible. God came here. What did you do? Did you throw him a party? Did you make him king? Oh, you crucified him. Oh. But that skit shows the reality that Christmas is about God reaching out. That when you were a sinner, as far from God and could care less about the things of God, God was reaching out to you. And this is what our text is about. Jesus came to earth to reach out to us. Emmanuel, God is with us. And now we can have that boldness and say that. You know what? God's helped me. You know, I, it's, I'll just share this and then I'll, I'll close. I was thinking back just over the last year, year and a half or so of the church and just in prayer, I was just praying and just thinking about different things, the building and how God gave us, you know, miracles and money and just different things. I was thinking about how some couples, you, you all had the babies like in a real short period of time and how precious that was and how exciting that was. Just 
other individual miracles, to see just people that we prayed for recover. And just to see what God, and just, I was thinking about that, just how God has been so faithful to us. God has really helped this congregation and just people in it. And it's not just people in it, it's individuals to see the changes of lives and hearts and what God is doing. That's not going to stop. Because, not because we're special, not because, hey, you know where we're from? You know what I've done? No. Because God himself has chosen to be among people. And what God does for his people is miraculous. It's marvelous. It's awesome. That's what he wants to continue to do. So no matter what you're going through or what you struggle with or whatever, God's promise in Christmas is Emmanuel. God is with us. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. You're here this evening. You're not right with God. God with us. You've got to choose to believe in him. Put your faith in him and respond to him. And he'll forgive your sins. And he'll change your life. If that's you and you're not right with God, I wonder if you'd very quickly slip up your hand and say, pray for me. I'm not right with God. I'm not saved or I'm backslidden. changing the call then to Christians. What God has done for us and God has done for individuals and there's miracles and there's, you know, as John writes, he said, if, if we wrote down everything that Jesus did, the world itself couldn't contain the book that would be written. And I understand that. And I, I totally believe that. But in our lives, just like the Gospels, it's good to go back and reflect on the big ones blessings and the favor and the things that God has done for us and the privilege that we have to bring that to others. Emmanuel, God is with us. And no matter what you're going through, Christmas is the time to remember that God came, Jesus came to earth so that we could say, Let's all stand. These altars are open. I'm going to take time if people want to pray, just worship his name. I saw the Lord seated on his throne. He was clothed in glory. Exalted high And the train of his robe It filled the temple And the angel circled round him 
Him. Let's give him praise. Thank God. Thank God. The glory is no matter what we're going through.